We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com live podcast. It's the offseason, but I told you guys, I told you we weren't going anywhere. We still have plenty of Lakers basketball to talk about. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff tonight. We'll talk about the playoffs, how that's looking. We'll talk about Russell Westbrook, the trade front there. That's going to be a major topic for the entire offseason. LeBron already getting back in the gym. What happened to four to six weeks off LeBron? We'll talk a little bit about that as well. And of course, be taking your questions and comments coming in from YouTube, from Twitter, from Facebook. So welcome in. My name is Trevor Lane. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. First and foremost, before we even dive into anything, we've talked about this. We talked about what the schedule was going to look like. Somebody said, where's Sean? Sean's on Wednesday show. He's coming in on Wednesday show. Tonight is going to be a solo show. As I always say, though, it's not really a solo show because it's me and all of you out there. But uh, our schedule for the offseason, with some exception, I'm sure there's going to be some times we're going to, going to need to adjust, but our schedule is going to be Monday nights at 9 o'clock Pacific time, Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock Pacific time, and then Fridays, we're going to kick off the weekend, we're going to do a little afternoon show, 2 o'clock Pacific time on Fridays, hopefully that'll give some of our, our friends that are uh, across the ocean, they're going to be able to come in and join us for that one as well, maybe a little bit easier time, depending on where you're at, of course, but also do help us kick off the weekend a little bit early. So we're going to do a Friday two o'clock Pacific time show. So those are going to be our three show times for the bulk of the summer. Now in the past, we've done two days a week, we decided this year, it's such a busy off season, the Lakers are going to be making so many changes. Let's do three days a week right now for Lakers Nation. So again, we'll be live those days. I'll bring out a lot of different guests. I can already tell you Wednesday is going to be Sean coming in with me. We'll bring different guests on at different times. But Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 o'clock Pacific time, Fridays at 2 o'clock Pacific time. And once again, this is taking the place of our traditional post-game show. During the season, it's a post-game show. Right after the game ends, you join us live. Now it's more of appointment viewing. You can come in and join us at those specific times. 
let's get into a lot of the different stuff that you guys are talking about already. Well, actually, I guess before we dive into, into too much else, I should give a shout out to our sponsor, Athletic Greens. You guys can check them out over at athleticgreens.com slash Lakers Nation. Got a little commercial to show you for them later on. I literally start every day with Athletic Greens. It's absolutely phenomenal stuff, and I am thrilled that they are a sponsor of this show. Right now, NBA playoffs. My goodness, and I think some of this might matter for the Lakers. The Golden State Warriors, they came out to play. They were up 20 on the Denver Nuggets heading into the fourth quarter. So expected here that the Warriors are going to go up 2-0, should be advancing. This Warriors team is very, very good. I did vote Nikola Jokic as my MVP. If you watched the front office show earlier today, Keith and I went into why we made the picks that we did. But Jokic MVP, still not enough, not enough because the Golden State Warriors are that good unless the Nuggets do something crazy here. In the fourth quarter, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, defeat the Toronto Raptors 112-97. Tough blow for a good Toronto team, a team that I was hoping could pull off the upset. Now they've got to go back home and see if they can get two in a row there and even up the series. But the big news, and this is why this matters for the Lakers, okay? Maybe. It might not end up mattering, but in the terms of our discussions right now regarding the head coach position, regarding different moves that can be made, this matters. The Dallas Mavericks tie things up with the Utah Jazz. They're able to beat the Jazz 110 to 104, despite no Luka Doncic. You've got uh, Jalen Brunson went berserk, and the man, this guy's going to get paid 41 points, eight boards, five assists on 15 to 25 shooting for Jalen Brunson. Incredible stuff, 25 points. Meanwhile, for Maxi Kleba, eight of 11 from deep, all 11 shots from three from him. And the Mavs do even up the series at one apiece heading into Utah. Now, normally you would say, well, the Jazz, okay, they they stole a game, right? They stole a game. Now they just have to take care of business at home. Uh-uh. The, the further this series goes, the closer you get to Luka coming back. And I think when Luka comes back, the Mavs are simply the better team than the Jazz, and I think they will be able to win this thing. So, why does that matter for the Lakers? See, the Lakers have been connected to Quinn Snyder, Utah Jazz head coach. Now, a lot of people will say, well, Quinn Snyder, if he's losing here with the Jazz, why would the Lakers want him? Well, he is still renowned around the league as one of the better coaching minds out there. So, what happens with the Utah Jazz is actually pretty important for the coaching market. Also, could be important on the trade front. Danny Ainge has taken over in uh, in Utah, and he's got the ability to make some changes. And you have to imagine that he's going to make changes if this team blows up in the playoffs again. Look, Utah has a reputation of being this, this team that does great in the regular season. Their offense is tough to get a hold on in the middle of a week on a January uh, during the regular season. But come playoff time, teams figure them out, and then they go home early. That's their MO. We've also heard news about there being infighting between Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, guys not getting along. Uh, in fact, I need to look at this. Five shot attempts for Rudy Gobert in this game. Last game, he had one. It's the playoffs, and this is your dominant big man, and he's getting he's had six shot attempts in two games. Meanwhile, 17 rebounds. Just, I mean, completely not involved in the offense. Not involved in the offense at all. You can't imagine guys are very happy there in Utah, given all the things that are going around. Does that push not only a coaching change, which could put Quinn Snyder onto the market for the Lakers to potentially interview, but also could they look to make some moves with some of these guys? Could they look to trade some of these players? Now, I'm not saying the Lakers are going to get involved and go trade for Donovan Mitchell or something like that. Wouldn't that be great if the Lakers could pull that off? But 
it is going to shake things up this offseason. I think you're going to have a team that's going to be looking to make major moves, and they're going to be one of many. This is part of why we're going three days a week for this offseason. There's not a lot of cap room out there. There's not a lot, a lot of free agents out there. But what that does mean is with everything being so compact, you look at the West, you look at the East, things are very compact. You have a lot of teams that are convinced that they're a move or two away from being right there, from winning the whole thing. I think we're going to have a very busy offseason on the trade front. I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of trade talk, especially because teams can't make those improvements through free agency the way they might be able to in a typical offseason. So a lot to get into right there. But again, I think the Mavs beating the Jazz and pulling this series even is potentially a good thing for the Lakers. Once again, if the Mavs send the Jazz home early, they, they bow out in round one, that could bring another name onto the coaching market for the Lakers that they've already been connected to. And that, of course, is Quinn Snyder. Should say that we've heard that Quinn Snyder is less interested in the Lakers' job after the handling of Frank Vogel and the way Frank Vogel was let go. So will that matter? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But not a surprise that, that Quinn Snyder is one of several head coaches that are not quite happy with, uh, with the way things have gone with Frank Vogel or the way that his dismissal was handled with Woj tweeting that out the second the Lakers final game, but an uplifting game, probably my favorite game of the season that, or maybe the overtime win over the jazz. Um, why, why they're, they're upset about that. It was not great. Wasn't a good look for the Lakers. All right, let me get into some of your super chats. We're going to talk about uh, lots of different things. I've got a lot of different topics to dive into here. And uh, of course we will talk. Russell Westbrook trades. Andrew P said, we need another swaggy P, Nick Young. So does that mean we need Malik Monk back? Is that what we're saying? Because Malik Monk pretty much does the things that Nick Young did, just better. Um, he's smaller than Nick Young. I mean, that's that's maybe a factor, but Malik Monk, Nick Young, they're they're similar in terms of their, their game. Similar. All right. Let me get into... A few of your super chats here that we've got. I saw one from Mook Morris. There it is. Said, what do you think of reports saying LeBron is considering playing the final year of his contract out? I think that's a dangerous situation for the Lakers. We've seen LeBron do this with the Cavs for years where he just plays out his contracts, hits free agency, and then every year you're kind of holding your breath. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? What's this going to look like? So if LeBron James tells the Lakers this summer, I'm not going to sign that extension in August, in my mind... If I'm the Lakers, I have to start investigating trades. I have to take that as I'm leaving at the end of this season. And I know it's LeBron, and I know that there's there's a breaking point here. There's a point where you can say, well, oh, isn't it better to get something rather than nothing? I think having another season of LeBron is something. It's something. It's not like if you had... I don't know, random role player who's who's pretty good, but, you know, plays 25 minutes a night for you or something like that, who tells you, hey, you know what? I'm going to go at the end of this season or I'm going to walk away at the end of this season. I'm not going to resign. Well, then, yeah, okay. You try to ship that guy out and get something back, get something in return, and then you use somebody else to fill those minutes. With a guy like LeBron, you have to ask the, the real question. Is it better to have LeBron for one season or is it better to trade him and get whatever stuff we could get via trade? But again, if LeBron doesn't sign that extension, and I know it's not the, the path the Lakers have traditionally taken. They've been all about supporting their superstars and all that kind of stuff. 
But if I'm the Lakers and you've got an aging LeBron James who probably, it's not like you're going to have him for the next 10 years, I'm not playing that game. I'm not playing that game with LeBron. The Lakers need certainty. And if it means you're, you're searching around the league and you're discussing trades, so be it. So be it. If he doesn't want to sign that extension, I think if you're the Lakers, you have to protect yourself in this situation. What you can have happen is LeBron walks away next offseason and you get nothing for him. Well, I shouldn't say you can't. You can. You could have a mountain of cap space. But if you're going to make moves this summer that are going to involve taking on long-term salary in exchange for Russell Westbrook. And by the way, we're going to get to those Russ trades. Most deals out there involve the Lakers trading Russ and taking back salaries that go past this year. Most teams aren't looking at Russell Westbrook and saying, I want that. That's the player that could help my team. No, they're looking at his contract. They're saying, ooh, we want cap space for 2023. We'll give you Gordon Hayward. We'll give you uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., whatever it is, whatever the pieces are in various trades. We'll give you these long-term contracts. You give us Russ. We'll get cap space a little bit earlier, and off we go. That's what teams are looking for. If you're the Lakers, though, right now, you've got 2023. Ooh, you've got a mountain of cap space sitting there. Your only players under contract are Anthony Davis and THT has a player option. That's it. You've got clean books, right? Imagine the damage you can do if you're the Lakers and you've got that much cap space to play with in 2023. Well... That is until July. If you go and you move Russ and you eat up a bunch of that cap space to try to appease LeBron and get win-now pieces, and then LeBron walks in 2023, and you're left sitting around saying, what, 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 why did we do this? What good does a 33-year-old Gordon Hayward do for us now? If you're the Lakers and you're going to make those moves, you have to have certainty. Otherwise, if you don't know, you got to do it quietly, but you got to start listening you got to start listening to what's out there that you could potentially get for LeBron James. And I know, I don't think it's the path the Lakers are going to go down. I don't think it's what's going to happen. But if LeBron plays that game and says, eh, I'm not going to sign the extension, but maybe if we do well enough, I'll re-sign with you guys in 2023. you got to say, hey, LeBron, that's fine. You've got the right to do that. But we also need to make sure that we then, you know, listen to, to some options here because we can't as a franchise deal with that that type of situation so i think that's going to be important i think that's going to be important for the lakers it's not an easy thing to do it's a delicate thing especially when you've got all the, the clutch sports connection all that kind of stuff not easy that's why i'm saying if you're rob palenka you have to be, be kind of whispering about it when you do this but if that's the path lebron wants to go down as an organization you have to protect yourself and at least listen to what's out there and again you may just decide well the stuff that's out there isn't as good as having a season of LeBron. Let's just stick with LeBron. And then worst case, we have a bunch of cap space. Okay, so be it. Maybe maybe you do that. But you got to at least listen if he says he won't sign the extension. If he signs the extension, you say, look, LeBron, we will not trade you. We will not trade you. Don't have to worry about that. You can't give him a no trade clause or anything, but we're not going to trade you. Um, sign the extension. Stick with us. Let's keep this partnership going. It would probably be a one plus one if he does that. A one plus one. Uh, is what we'd be looking at. All right. Let's see what else we've got here in Super Chats. I've got a lot of questions and comments coming in. Jared Chalker said, hey, Trevor, hope you're doing well. Thank you, Jared. You know, I took last week, we didn't start this up last week because I took another trip out to Las Vegas to go to the, our fabulous studios at The Win uh, for Blue Wire Network, which is our podcast network. They've got great studios at The Win in Las Vegas. So we got to go out there and record there. 
Uh, bandwidth isn't great though when I'm mostly working out of a hotel room and all of that. So didn't do our live shows from there so much, but uh, but was great. Kind of taking a week and now we can get back into the regular schedule. So I'm doing well. It was nice to kind of get out of town for a bit and reset mentally after what's been a, a very difficult Lakers season. I uh, said, Jordan Poole is looking spicy. Wish we could get him, man. Jordan Poole was the guy I had him pegged as my uh, most improved player heading into the season. And uh, happy to say I was correct on that. I don't think he's going to get most improved. I actually voted for, and I don't have an official ballot, but Keith and I did this over on the front office show. I gave my vote to Darius Garland because I think his ascension brought the Cavs to another level. But Jordan Poole was my runner up there. He's been absolutely fantastic. Love what we've seen. From Jordan Poole. I don't think there's a way the Lakers are going to be able to get him, though. Tony with a super chat. Thank you so much. Said, biggest concern, in my opinion, is who's going to be a coach knowing how Vogel was treated and the coaching staff is determined by Kurt. Makes the Lakers look disorganized and not appealing. Who you got as coach. Tony, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with anything that you said there. I think that the Lakers' job doesn't have quite as much luster as you would think. And it's because of exactly what you're talking about. It's not even just the way Frank Vogel was dismissed. It's all the other stuff. It's the team choosing your, their coaching staff. It's the the sitting in on meetings by Kurt Rambis and Rob Palenka and all of that kind of stuff. It's the lack of autonomy that these coaches have in the Lakers organization. I mean, look, Frank Vogel, again, was the third choice. I mean, Monty Williams picked the Suns. Ty Lue said, no, thank you. I don't want to deal with that. You're picking my assistant coaches and you're going to lowball me and you're only offering me three years? No, thank you. And I think Ty Lue's a really, really good coach. So will the Lakers do that again? Hopefully they won't. Hopefully they've learned from their, their mistakes and they won't go down that path again, but we'll see. Uh, as far as who do I have as coach, we got to see who's out there. We got to see who's on the market. Does Doc Rivers hit the market? Does Quinn Snyder hit the market? I think historically, we've seen the Lakers stick with guys that are from their family tree, players who are coaches who they already know. I think it's a mistake. I think you need to cast a wider net. I think that you can't just limit yourself to people that you already know in terms of finding the best fit at head coach. I think it's too important of a position, but that's historically what the Lakers have done. And so I would imagine that's probably what they're going to do again. Esham, 976 said uh, with the super chat said it's my thinking that if the Lakers don't go all out full nuclear and get him another superstar then he's going to leave after this season he wants another superstar not more role players so if LeBron is saying that get me another superstar then he doesn't resign in August I don't see a path for the Lakers getting another superstar now maybe you can stretch the the term superstar to mean something else but um, I, I just don't see them landing somebody. I mean, is, is there a John Wall trade out there? Sure. Are you calling John Wall a superstar now? Probably not. So I don't see that move out there, getting LeBron another superstar. I think what you do is you go back to what worked. If I'm Rob Palenka, I'm looking at this offseason and I'm saying, what worked in 2020? What did not work now? What worked is we're bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else in 2020. We went big. We put the ball in the hands of LeBron. We surrounded him guy with guys who were going to defend and could shoot. That's it. We focused on those two things and it works. It works. Look, if you look at the Celtics defense right now, which has been fantastic, um, it's very similar in terms of overall, not in terms of the exact schemes that they're running, but in terms of the makeup of their defense, 
very similar to what the Lakers had when they won a championship. Robert Williams, who's out hurt right now, kind of in the JaVale slash Dwight Howard role. You've got Al Horford playing like a, the Anthony Davis-esque role where he can space the floor a bit on the offensive end, be, be that versatile guy on the defensive end. And then, of course, you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the LeBron and Danny Green role, kind of the bigger wings that are out there. Now, again, there's some differences there, but I'm just talking about defense and size. And then Marcus Smart at 6'4", kind of like KCP at 6'5", isn't it? It's a very similar concept, and it works. This works when you... We saw the Lakers go small so many times this year, and I'm not anti-small ball, but it's small ball isn't really about size. It's not about getting guys who are a certain height on the floor. It's about skill. If you can bring that skill and still have size, that's, I mean, that's the best of both worlds. That's what you want. So if I'm the Lakers, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for wings who can shoot threes, who can defend. And if I'm LeBron, I'm recognizing that that doesn't require another superstar. That requires depth and quality across your rotation with specific skill sets coming in. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a true team. I'm looking for a Lakers team if I'm LeBron, not a big three. I do think we may be turning a corner in the NBA where the chemistry that's required on both ends of the floor in order to win at the NBA level might now be more important than having the best three players. I think we may be hitting that point right now. And if that's the case, again, if I'm LeBron, I want the best team. I want the best team, period. And that doesn't mean another star. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Oh, somebody said Jokic just got ejected. I am not on, uh, I'm not watching the game right now, obviously. But uh, Jokic ejected, that's that's not good. He went after a referee, someone in the chat is saying. Again, I, I don't have the game on, so I'm not seeing this. But yikes, that's not good. Hopefully he doesn't get himself suspended for game three. Um, let's talk a little bit about Russ. Let's talk about Russell Westbrook trades. By the way, the Golden State Warriors are up 114 to 92 now, uh, halfway through the third quarter. So it looks like they are going to cruise to a win there. All right, let's talk about Russell Westbrook trades. So I already mentioned this a little bit in terms of what the Lakers are going to look to do with that contract. You're going to look to sell that contract essentially as a, a, a free cap space card, right? That's what you're trying to, to get teams to buy. You don't, you're not trying to get teams to say, 
oh, we think Russell Westbrook is the piece that we need. Because you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get many teams that are going to say, yes, we really need Russell Westbrook. Now, are there teams that if Russ was on a $5 million contract would say, sure, we'll give him a look? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's still a talented player, but there's not a lot of teams right now that number one, need a point guard, and number two, need Russell Westbrook to be that point guard. Number three, want to pay him $47 million, highest paid player in the league, to do that. So... Instead, what you're doing is you're trying to sell the opportunity for cap space with an expiring contract. So we've heard a few things, and the two main deals that we've heard about are Russ to the Pacers in exchange for Malcolm Brogdon and our old friend Buddy Heald, the one who got away. And then the other deal, and there's two different variations of this, would be Russell Westbrook to the Hornets for Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre Jr., or Russ to the Hornets for Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre Jr., and you might have to add in like Mason Plumlee or something like that to make, make money work on a trade like that. And there's pluses and minuses, pros and cons to all of these different, different deals. But the bottom line is the Lakers in each situation are absorbing longer-term salary for guys that ideally would fit better, whether it's Brogdon or Hayward or Rozier, whoever, guys who ideally would fit better with LeBron James than Russell Westbrook would. And that's a pretty low bar to clear, right? But you look at Rogier, he's a guard who's already proven he can play off ball. He's played off ball with LaMelo, shoots well from three. Okay, check that box. Look at Gordon Hayward, a big wing player, shoots fairly well, guy can give you some versatility. Check that box. The Lakers were missing big wings this year. Then you go over and look at Malcolm Brogdon, same thing. Guard, can play on ball, off ball, no problem, interchangeable, can shoot a bit, pretty versatile. I like Malcolm Brogdon a lot. Check that box there. And then, of course, Buddy Heald gives you that shooting. Some other pieces added in. Kelly Oubre Jr. would be a big wing for the Lakers. Mason Plumlee, do you need a big uh, down there in the post? Maybe, but he'd be more of like a contractual throw-in. But in all of those deals, you're going to see, and we're already starting to see this happen, the pushback from both sides. From both sides, you're going to see this. I think trade activity in this summer is going to be very, very high. We're going to see a lot of trades going on, a lot of trade rumors. And so what happens is when word gets out, word leaks that a team is interested in trading for somebody, usually they push back against that. Why? Because they don't want to be known publicly as having interest in trading for a certain player because that can erode some of your leverage in trade talks. That matters. Those sorts of things matter. So for example, it gets out there that, oh, the Pacers would give up Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Heald for Russell Westbrook. Well, you're going to hear from the Pacers side, and we did. There was an article um, this week that came out from uh, the Indy Star saying that, no, that, that's not a move they would make. That doesn't make a lot of sense for them, uh, so on and so on. If you're the Pacers, you want to push back and go, nah, we're not that interested in, in Russell Westbrook. We're not worried about, about that. In fact, we don't want to tank next year, so we're not that interested in Russ. We probably wouldn't even play him. That type of thing. That's the message you want to put out there. And then from the Lakers side, we also heard, well, you know, the Lakers, and this was from Mark Stein, uh, the Lakers, they're going to have at the top of their list, they're going to be looking for guys who don't have a, a lengthy injury history. That's going to be a main concern, especially with, you know, LeBron and AD suffered so many injuries. It's not that that's a lie. Like, that's true. That's going to be a factor for the Lakers. But it's that back and forth where then the Lakers put out there, well, you know, we're not even all that interested in Malcolm Brogdon, injury history, Gordon Hayward, injury history. Yeah, no, those guys aren't that great. Maybe they meet somewhere in the middle, right? Maybe they ultimately meet somewhere in the middle. But you're going to see this, this kind of public pushback 
over what's out there as teams you know prepare to to entrench themselves in certain positions heading into the offseason. Now, if it's me, if I'm Rob Palenka and either of those deals is on the table, any of those deals is on the table, whether it's Rogier, Hayward, Brogdon, yeah, done deal. Done deal. Do it. I'm of the belief that you can't bring back Russ. I'm I'm of that belief. I know some people have floated the idea that, you know, could he be a sixth man? Maybe could you make that work? $47 million sixth man. That's that's pretty rough. And I thought that a lot of what Russ said in his exit interview was pretty hard to walk back. Um, it, it's not a great situation. Now, could the Lakers wind up getting stuck bringing him back? Sure, it, it could happen. That could be ultimately what we see happen because, let's face it, it's not easy to trade a $47 million contract, even if it is an expiring contract. Not easy to trade that. So if you're the Lakers and you put yourself in a situation here with Russell Westbrook where you can't find a trade for him. Let's say Indy wants both firsts for this. You want 2027 and 2029 unprotected plus Russ for Brogdon and Buddy Heal, which is probably what they'll ask for. And if they're dead set on that and you say, sorry, that's too steep of a price to pay. Okay. Then the Hornets, they want both first two. What do you do? Do you, do you just try to bring him back? Do you talk about buying him out? What if he won't take a buyout? Then where do you go? I think the Lakers would have to see every single option fall to pieces. And then if you bring him back, I think you'd have to give real consideration to seeing where his head's at with a new coach. And if it's not there, do you leave him at home? He's too talented to just sit on the bench. But maybe in that scenario, you consider waiting until the trade deadline and then you try to move him by then. Not ideal though. Not ideal. I'm of the mindset that the Lakers need to figure out something to do with him this offseason. They need to figure out a way to move him, move on, clear the air, start fresh next season. You don't want, if Russ is around, he's, and it's not all his fault. It's not all his fault. But if Russ is around, that's the biggest reminder of the mistakes that they made last season, right? Because that was the biggest one. That was the biggest mistake. It's the one that's going to linger over this franchise until they move him. I think they need to clear the air. They need a new look. And again, it's not all Russell Westbrook's fault. I'm not saying you get rid of him and everything magically is fixed. No, that's definitely not the case. But I think they need a fresh start and that will involve moving Russell Westbrook. I just hope they can find a deal. Um, the Hornets deal, the Pacers deal, both of these sound good. The question is, what are they going to add on top of that? Because again, from the Lakers side, if it's just the players, there's no picks, done. Right? You'd have to consider doing that. If not, if not, just do it. By the way, technically, the Lakers can make trades right now. You just very rarely see teams do it while the playoffs are going on. Typically, teams wait until after the playoffs. Sometimes you'll see some deals made like during the NBA Finals, but usually it'll be later on. In any event, I think Russ uh, needs to be moved on from this team this summer. Somebody asked, did you get a new camera, Trevor? No, I changed some things with my lighting. Honestly, I broke broke a light in here yesterday, one of my, my main lights, and I've been trying some different things anyway. And so I set it up without one of the main lights that I'm using. So that's probably why it looks just a bit different. Uh, Mook Morris too said, can't the Lakers already trade with the Pacers Hornets since it's already considered the off season for them, like the Celtics trading Kemba during the playoffs last year? Yeah. They can. They can trade those guys if they want. Teams typically don't, but they can. They can trade those guys right now if they would like. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> Trevor Rage quit. Somebody said that. Uh, no, I, that wasn't about breaking the light. My, my dumb cat ran, ran into the light and it <laughs> tipped over. That wasn't me being angry or anything like that. <laughs> Haley Ford said, thumbs up. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Trevor's even breaking items because the Lakers. No, it was not that. Uh, I did tell Keith, though, look, we talked about this on the front office show today. Keith said, hasn't this been a great NBA season? I said, nope. <laughs> no, it is not. So this has been the worst season in Lakers history been the worst and the Lakers have got to got to do everything they can to turn this thing around they've got to fix this again nobody wants to go through a season like this because it was awful 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 it was difficult to get through uh from a mental standpoint difficult it was tough for me to sit and watch every single game uh and I get to talk about the Lakers all the time and get to talk about sports and, and do all this and I love it but that was not an easy season to get through, and I'm hopeful that we can see some big changes made this offseason to get this thing going in the other direction. All right. Let's see here. You see what else we've got going on here in terms of Super Chats. Mamba Mentality. Trev, I have plan A, B, or C. You want to hear? Sure, Mamba Mentality. Fire off your plan A, B, or C. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Somebody said, I think that's hyperbolic. What's saying it's the worst Lakers season ever? No, in, in my mind, this is. This is, and I've been around for a while. I've been following this team for a long, long time. And uh, yeah, to me, it's the worst. It's worse than the rebuilding years because they had a draft pick. They had a silver lining. Right now, we'd be talking about, ooh, what about, what if they get the number one pick? Could they get Ben Simmons? Could they get Carl Anthony Towns, right? What about Jalil Okafor, right? We, we were talking about all those guys. They don't have that pick. There's no silver lining to it. And we went into a lot of those seasons saying, well, they're going to be bad. They're young kids. We'll see how they grow. We'll see how they develop. No, this season, not only did they lose when they were expected, they were the team that was projected to come out of the Western Conference. Not only did they lose, but they lost with a veteran-heavy roster full of guys that have been there and done that, been there, been deep into the NBA playoffs before, won championships. That's the roster that they lost with. And we saw them lose in ways that are typical of young teams. Just shooting yourself in the foot. One mistake after another. So it wasn't even just the fact that they lost. It was the way that they lost that made this on top of the expectations. Again, the worst season ever. Uh, Matthew Ramirez, why trade Russ when LeBron and Davis may not take extensions next season? If they don't, we will have cap space uh, to get top players if LeBron doesn't extend. Yeah, so that's that's one of the ways they I could see saying, okay, well, we're not going to trade Russ. If LeBron says, I'm not signing an extension, and then you go the nuclear route and you say, okay, LeBron's on the block. 
If LeBron's on the block, is AD then on the block? Do you do a complete divorce from clutch sports? And if that's the case, you no longer have the incentive to move Russ and get long-term contracts. You don't. Because even if he doesn't want to play for you, okay, we'd rather have an expiring contract right now and all the cap space to go play with in 2023 than to take on long-term deals. No, you're going to take on long-term deals as a way to say, look, LeBron, we found guys that fit better. Let's go. Here's your extension. Let's go. Let's get this done. That's what you're doing if you're trading Russ. So it, that is true. If LeBron says, hey, I'm out. I'd like to be traded. AD says, yeah, I'd like to go too. Okay. You no longer have incentive to trade Russell Westbrook. Now, if somebody calls you up and says, hey, we'll give you an expiring contract for Russ. Plus, we'll give you some stuff because we think he can help our team. I don't think that's likely that's going to happen, but you certainly listen. But if you're the Lakers, that's maybe a scenario where you don't trade Russ. Because in that case, the expiring contract would be worth a lot more to you. All right, let's see what we've got here. Mama mentality firing off his take. Man, putting his money where his mouth is, too. Mama Mentality with a $20 super chat to give us his plan B for the Lakers this offseason. All right, really wanted to make sure he got this one, got this one across. Maybe I missed plan A here. I'll have to go back and uh and look here. But plan B in a $20 super chat. Here it is. He says, plan B. Lakers trade Russ for Hayward and Ubre. Lakers sign Nurkic and Rubio, both unrestricted free agents. This is how it would look. LeBron, Hayward, Ubre, AD, Nurkic. Bench, Rubio, Monk, Reeves, Wenyi Gabriel, Dwight Howard. Extras, none, THT, Mellow. So a couple of things. When I look at that lineup, Gordon Hayward is your two concerns me a little bit. Ubre is your two concerns me a little bit. Are they quick enough to play that position? Maybe, maybe you can argue. Ubre, but I'm not okay with that necessarily, but it gives you the size, gives you the size that you're looking for. I like Nurkic a lot. Um, he's certainly a banger. Put him down there with AD, take that burden off Anthony Davis. I get that. I get that idea. And that's a big, strong physical team, but here's the problem. How do you make that happen? How do you sign Nurkic and Rubio? Yes, they're both unrestricted free agents, but you only have your taxpayer mid-level exception to use, which is about $6 million. Is that enough to sign either of those guys? Maybe Rubio coming off of an injury, but Nurkic? Probably not. He's probably going to get more than that. So I don't think you've got the spending power to go out there and, and pull something like that off and get those guys. Now, maybe you can trade Russ for Hayward and Ubre. Right? Maybe you can do that. But I think that's a little bit optimistic to get both Nurkic and Rubio for the taxpayer mid-level. If you can do it, great. But I have a feeling getting players of that caliber is going to be going to be fairly difficult to do for the Lakers. But I mean, hey, I, I like the size. I like going big. I like going after guys who can provide that that size on the wing. Not terrible. Not terrible. But I just don't know that the Lakers can pull off those two specific signings. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
Hugo Martinez said, hey, Trevor, with the Lakers looking for a new coach with some names already popping up, what about Brad Stevens? He had success with the Celtics. Brad Stevens has already addressed this. He has said he will not leave the Boston Celtics. He is now uh, he is now in the Celtics front office running things there. So, uh, Ime Odoka is coaching the Celtics. And Brad Stevens, again, has publicly said that's not happening 100%. He is not joining the Lakers. He's not going to leave the Celtics who have given him full control. Here you go to go to the Lakers and have Kurt Rambis looking over his shoulder and all these other people and everything. He's not doing that. He's not doing it. So unfortunately that's, yeah, that's out the window. Andrew P. Have you ever been backstage? I want to go backstage. Uh, backstage, like where, like in locker rooms and stuff. Is that what you mean? If that's the case, uh, then yes. Yeah. I've gone into the locker rooms and interviewed players and done, done all those sorts of things. It's a good time. Michael Zarat, I feel like Joe Ingles will end up a Laker. That's an interesting one. Joe Ingles, you know, very talented player, guy who I've liked a lot. Uh, but again, up there in years, not all that mobile, versatile, certainly. Wouldn't be surprised if he just wound up back in Utah or something. But I, I, I like Joe Ingles a lot. But aren't we kind of making the same mistakes the last season? Last season, the Lakers turned to a lot of undrafted guys, a lot of guys who were just about out of the league or were out of the league in the case of Stanley Johnson. Those were the guys they had to lean on because the older guys, the veterans they went after, they largely missed on. With the exception of Carmelo Anthony, pretty much every veteran, well, DJ Augustine midseason, but just about every veteran was a miss. Trevor Ariza, that was a miss. Wayne Ellington, you didn't play him nearly enough. That was, that was a miss. Kent Bazemore, right? These guys just didn't work out. So if you're learning anything from this season, it's probably not to continue to go that well and get veteran players, especially a veteran player coming off an injury like Joe Ingles. Is LeBron back in the gym? Yeah, he posted something to uh, Instagram showing him back in the gym, said he couldn't stay away. I Now, who knows? what he's actually doing. He was talking about taking four to six weeks off of his ankle, letting it fully heal. He could just be doing set shots for all we know. That doesn't necessarily mean he's doing a full workout, but interesting that LeBron is already back in the gym. James Bell, good thing for LeBron's sake. You're y'all not the GM. <laughs> Look, we do our best. We try to come up with stuff that's, that's realistic. Some stuff will work better than others, but I don't know. <laughs> you could argue too that LeBron, you know, getting involved with things, maybe that didn't work out so well either this past year. But again, it's not all on LeBron. It's on, uh, there's a lot of blame that can go around. Uh, Trevor, what do you think of Ben Simmons planning on returning in the playoffs? I think it makes a lot of sense if the Celtics are down 2-0. If they're down 2-0, by the way, uh, I'm sorry, I mean, if the Nets are down 2-0, the Nets were right there. They almost got that win. I am very much expecting I'm expecting the um, Celtics to beat the Nets in this series. I've, I've, I said I predicted it was going to be Celtics in, in five. I just think they're a better team. I just think that as a, as a team, they're much better than the Nets. KD, Kyrie, great. They're great. But I don't think that the Nets have a real shot of beating them. However, I think if they're down, if the Nets are down 2-0, why not throw Ben Simmons out there? 
and see what happens. Now, if the Nets go up, let's say the Nets win the next next game, they go home, Ben Simmons not back yet, you go up 2-1. Okay, then there's less incentive to put him back on the floor and disrupt whatever chemistry you've got because things are working. If you're down, though, if you're down, you're down 0-2, then maybe you've got some incentive to say, hey, we need to change this up a little bit. And in particular, I look at the Nets, and I look at Bruce Brown out there at 6-4. He's great at playing big, by the way. Plays bigger than his size. But it's still noticeable when you've got Bruce Brown at 6'4 trying to defend Jalen Brown, right? Or trying to make, or Jason Tatum or any of those guys. The Celtics went after him. So I think having more size out there could help. Now, Ben Simmons, great defender. Obviously, we can talk about the shooting and, and all of that. But it could get to a point where the Nets say, you know what? We don't have enough size right now. We need another big wing. Let's throw Ben Simmons out there and try to change the energy of this series. That's what teams do game to game. We see this half to half as well. The losing team is the one to start throwing curveballs out there and try to mix things up to change the way the game is going. The Nets could find themselves in that situation if they lose this next game to the Celtics. And then, then I think it becomes more likely that Ben Simmons gets put back out there, out there on the floor. All right, Mook Morris. I hope they bring Dwight and Mello back next year. And I think any team is going to demand draft compensation beyond what goes out to the Lakers. Absolutely. I think that, that most teams out there, they're going to try to get everything possible out of the Lakers because the sense is that the Lakers are desperate. They're going to try to fleece the Lakers, but that's their job. Their job is to try to get the most possible in any particular trade. So that's what I would expect. It's Rob Palenka's job in the front office's job to do everything they can to find the right deal, to not be desperate, and to get a deal that actually works for them. That's called negotiation. We'll see if they can actually pull that off. As far as bringing back Dwight and Mello, sure, as long as both are willing to come off the bench. I think Dwight Howard can be fine, can be just fine for you in limited minutes. I think if you're asking Dwight to play 25 to 30 minutes a night, no, that, that's not that's not where he's at at this stage in his career. If you're asking him to come off the bench and give you 10 to 15 minutes, fine. No problem with that whatsoever. No problems with that. But you got to have somebody else who's your starting center. I don't think you can rely on Dwight to be your starter night in and night out, nor should, should he be asked to do that. That's not really fair to him at this stage of his career. Same thing with Carmelo Anthony. He can definitely help you. Uh, he can come in and give you some instant offense. Is he a guy that you want to rely on for 20, 25 minutes a night? Probably not. Probably on a winning team. He's more of a, a spot guy that can come in, hit some shots for you here and there. And that's probably about the extent of it. Uh, Andre, if the Suns lose the first round, Chris Paul is going to the Lakers. Uh, Chris Paul is still under contract with the Suns. I don't think he's going anywhere. If the Suns were to trade him, he's definitely not. they're definitely not going to trade him to the Lakers. And let's be real. The Suns aren't losing in round one. They're not going to lose. They're not going to lose in round one. I think that I feel pretty confident in that. Uh, Mr. B. Lloyd with a super chat. Thank you. Said, is it better to get a wing with a fifth spot to spare LeBron or a center for AD? I think you need a wing. I think a wing would be the, the ideal situation. Um, if you can find a wing player that's versatile, that's what you want to find. That's the most important thing right now. So if I had to choose between a wing and a big, I'm taking a wing. Gives you more versatility. It's just, you see it. You see it when teams don't have big wings, which the Lakers didn't this season, and we watched it game in and game out. When the Lakers are playing Malik Monk at small forward, it's tough. 
It's tough to do what you need to do on the glass. It's tough to do what you need to do in terms of closeouts, closing out with length, contesting shots. It's difficult. It's difficult when that's the, your situation, particularly compared to, say, the 2020 team that was not in that position. So I am looking for the wing over the big if I'm the Lakers. If I've got two of them out there, one's a big, one's a wing, give me the wing. Let's see what else we've got here. A lot of people say bring back bring back Lamar bring back Lamar Odom. Just saw that comment. Trevor, do you think missing the playoffs might be a blessing in disguise? If they make the right moves, do you think a rejuvenated LeBron and AD would be able to go on a one last run possibly? Possibly. Possibly, but again, I think that you have to, and I've talked about this, you have to bat a thousand. You have to bat a thousand this offseason. Okay. And I mean, I know we're in Dodger season, right? By the way, go check out Dodger Blue, our friends over there. But this is extremely important for the Lakers that they get everything right. They have to get everything right this offseason. Their margin for error simply isn't there. It's not. So I, I don't look at this as a blessing in disguise necessarily. Those guys are home resting right now. Does it help a little bit? Maybe. Maybe that's a little bit of a silver lining, but I'm still reaching there. Guys, I'm going to take a very short break. Three minutes here. I need to show you uh, our, our sponsor. I put together a little ad for Athletic Greens again. So I'm going to take a quick three-minute break, and then I will be right back. But check out our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Lakers Nation, I want to pause for a moment and talk a little bit about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because for me personally, I was interested in recovery. Number one, I've been trying to get back into shape and spending a lot of time in the gym, lifting weights, doing all those sorts of things. And I wanted to see if it could help with my recovery process and what that looks like. We all know how important recovery is in any type of athletic endeavor. And then also the mental clarity part of it. I'm the type of person where I've noticed, you know, middle of the day, I start to just hit this lull, this wall that I, I run into, and I've just found I'm just not as productive as I should be. And I'll admit, I was pretty skeptical when I went into this, uh, when I started taking AG1, but I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. Not only has my recovery improved, and I've been taking AG1 for about three weeks now, I've been making noticeable improvements in the gym, but the mental clarity piece to this, the energy piece to this, it has been noticeable. In the afternoons, I simply have more focus, more energy. I just noticed suddenly I'm getting way more done during the day. I'm accomplishing more tasks on my to-do list rather than pushing things off to the next day. And that means for all of you, that means more Lakers Nation content, more NBA front office content, everything else that we bring. It's been absolutely fantastic. I can't believe how productive I've been while taking AG1. So what is AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And that is exactly how I take it. It's the first thing I take in the morning. Instead of getting coffee or an energy drink or something like that, I drink my AG1. One, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, aging, all of the things all in one. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself that you would have to go out and find. You're investing in an all-in-one 
nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him over $100 per day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. And for me, I'm super busy. The sports world, it moves at a lightning fast pace. So Athletic Greens, very quick, very simple for me to get my nutrition in one place. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I'm back. Um... <clears throat> I, I do legitimately drink athletic greens every single morning and uh and I like it. A lot of people in the chat I saw asking, like, what what does it taste like? That doesn't look great. And like I'll admit, I I tend to stay away from green foods sometimes. Maybe that's left over from when I was a kid, but um it, it tastes kind of vanilla-y. That's if I could describe the the flavor of it. It's really not bad. I um uh, I actually have kind of grown to like it. But in any event, let's get into some of your super chats here that have been been flying in. Got us got some interesting questions before we uh, before we finish up the show. So let me see what we've got here. I know Mama Mentality gave us Plan C, so I need to get into that. Uh, Av said I called Nets in seven. Katie and Kyrie going to go nuclear. I hope you're right. I picked Celtics in five. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Nets win. I went into the playoffs saying anyone but the Clippers or the Celtics. Anybody but the Clippers or the Celtics, I'm fine with that. I've had a lot of people who have been saying you need to add the Suns to that. Anyone but the Clippers, the Celtics, or the Suns. I don't feel the same way about the Suns as I do. I mean, look, have Suns occasionally been annoying? Sure. But I don't feel the same way about the Suns as I do about the Clippers or the Celtics. And the Celtics are always number one. The Celtics are always the team you really don't want to see win at all. It's always the Celtics. As much as I like the way they actually play, I really appreciate their execution on the floor. Just I don't want to see them get number 18 before the Lakers do. So I hope the Nets win. I really do. I am pulling for the Nets. I hope they win. But I've got the the Celtics winning this thing in, in five. They, they've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, and they just play good team basketball. Uh, Jan's Little World with the Super Chat said, Can we get our next star with the Lakers for 10 years or more to do that. You're probably gonna have to draft that player. So will the Lakers go into a period post LeBron where they're finding guys in the draft? Potentially, potentially, unless they find a player who's in their twenties that really blows up to become a star. Otherwise it's kind of hard to find those guys necessarily. All right. Mama mentality plan C his plan C said Lakers trade Russ for Rogier and Ubre. Now remember, maybe the Lakers have to add in some picks in order to make that happen, right? Uh, Lakers sign Damian Jones. My guy, my guy, Damian Jones. This is how it would look. LeBron Nunn, Ubre, which by the way, Kendrick Nunn picked up, or he said he's going to pick up that player option. LeBron Nunn, Ubre, AD, Damian Jones with a bench of Terry Monk, 
Reeves, Wenyon, Dwight. Extras, Mellow, and THT. Interesting. Interesting. Terry Rozier. So you're trading for Terry Rozier and you're playing him behind Kendrick Nunn. I would have to imagine Rozier is ahead of Nunn. But regardless, let's say you, you flip that. And you do LeBron, Rozier, Ubre, AD, Damian Jones. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. I think that's just fine. Uh, you can question Ubre's defense perhaps. But overall, I, I don't mind that lineup at all. I, I don't mind it. I think it actually looks looks pretty good. Reeves, Wenning Gabriel. I always I also think Stanley Johnson is kind of a no-brainer to bring back on a minimum contract. Kind of why not? Why not bring him back that way? Uh Dwight bring, bring him back, that's fine. Wenyon, Reeves, Monk. Uh bring him back Monk. I'm assuming you're you're convincing him to take that taxpayer mid level. If you can do that, sure. Uh I have a feeling there's going to be some offers out there that might pull him away from the Lakers, but if that's the case, then you take that taxpayer mid level and you use it on somebody else. I don't mind that. I don't mind that lineup at all when you uh, when you play that out. Gabe G, Luke had more wins with a bunch of rookies than Frank with a bunch of vets. Yeah, I mean, it's not a lie, <laughs> but look, Frank Vogel, I still think he's a good coach. I think this team did not fit his skill set at all. And I'm not saying he didn't make mistakes. He certainly did. Uh, I think Frank Vogel's the biggest problem was he didn't take this team and really improve upon it. You didn't see any moments where you felt like, man, this team is just greater than the sum of their parts. They just, things are fitting. And again, that's not all on Frank Vogel. Part of that's the makeup of the team. But yeah, I, I, we were not surprised that Frank Vogel ultimately was let go. Uh, Mook Morris, any real chance we can bring Malik back given recent reports of teams interested in, in him? And who could we get back in free agency to replace him? So I don't think you replace him if he leaves. And yes, I think they can bring him back. Like, let's say that the highest offer for him out there is eight years. Maybe you can get him on a $6 million for the next two seasons deal. I'm not talking about total. I'm talking about per season. Give him a one plus one and say, we'll start at six. We'll give you the full taxpayer mid-level. And next year, you can opt out and hit free agency again. And then we'll have cap space and we'll pay you more. And that could be a plausible route, especially because he knows the Lakers were the team that believed in him this season. The Lakers gave him the opportunity to show his stuff after Charlotte did not. Maybe you can sell him on that. It's also possible that he gets a four-year deal for 35-ish million and says, look, I haven't made that much money in the league yet, relatively. And, uh, and so I can't pass on this. That could happen as well. I think they could potentially bring him back. As far as replacing him, again, I don't think you necessarily replace him. If you lose him, you say, well, Kendrick Nunn probably takes that, that role. He's not an exact like-for-like like swap out, but hopefully Kendrick Nunn's knee is okay for next year. And then you go and you search for wings with that, that tax, taxpayer mid-level. I've mentioned the name Otto Porter Jr. as being someone that they should be interested in. Those are, that's what I'm doing. If I'm Rob Palenka, if Kendrick Nunn, or I'm sorry, if, if Malik Monk walks away, I'm not going out and finding another bench scorer. No, I think I've already got that in Kendrick Nunn. I'm going to go out if I'm Rob Palenka and I'm looking for size. I'm looking for wings. I'm looking for guys who can play switchy defense. That's what I'm doing. Maybe it's a Robert Covington. I think the Clippers will retain him because Steve Ballmer will pay whatever he needs to because they finds that money in his couch cushions. But uh, that's what I'm doing. If I'm if I'm Rob Palenka and Malik Monk walks away, I'm not looking to replace him. I'm looking to bring in a different skill set and then rely on Kendrick Nunn to fill that role. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, with a super chat, Kendrick Nunn's bruised knee. It's a good name. Said, would you trade Russ a first and two seconds for Heald and Brogdon, then THT and the other first for a center like Rashawn Holmes? I'd have to look and see what Rashawn Holmes' contract situation is. I don't know if I would do the other first. The first trade, though, I would do. Russ, a first, two seconds, healed Brogdon. Sure, I would do that. Why not? Why not? Somebody said, do you love AG1? Be honest. Yeah, I actually do. I actually do. I do. I would not dr literally drink it. If you follow me on Instagram, you know, I drink it every single morning. It's the first thing I have. Um, I wouldn't continue drinking it every morning if I didn't legitimately like it. But um, somebody said... THT and the other first for a center like Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, I don't know about that part of it. I like Rashawn Holmes a lot, but I wonder if you can get another center a little bit cheaper. And again, let me look at let me look at Rashawn Holmes contract real quick. Because that's gonna matter. I know about what he's making, but I don't remember the years. So Rashawn Holmes, 11.2. Then 12, so you're eating into that 2023 room, but you're doing that already with Brogdon and, and Heald. And then he's got a player option for 12.8. I think the contract's fine for his production. He's explosive, 28 years old, not out of his prime. Maybe you do that. Maybe you do that. That'd be a pretty darn good starting five if you're the Lakers. LeBron, AD, Rashawn Holmes, Brogdon, Buddy Heald pretty good maybe maybe you need another big wing still i think you do but that's pretty solid i might consider doing that somebody said anton yap just get damian jones yeah that's that's the other thing can you take tht and package him and get something else and then get a lower cost center like a Damian Jones. Could you spend that? Could you spend those resources essentially THT and maybe a first and get something else that will better impact winning and then spend less on the center position and instead get Damian Jones who can kind of do things that, that Rashawn Holmes can do. Not, not the same player. Rashawn Holmes, much higher quality, no question, but similar in terms of what you'd be asking them to do. Can you do that? That's probably what I'm investigating if I'm Rob Palenka. All right, everybody. Man, this is, I always come in here and think, oh, you know, we'll go for a half an hour or something like that. Especially we're going to be doing this three times a week. You know, we'll, we'll talk about a few things. We'll save some stuff for the next show, all that. Here we are. Here we are. It's been over an hour that we've been in here talking Lakers basketball. And the Lakers haven't even played in a little while. Maybe that's why we're okay with talking Lakers basketball because we haven't seen them play in so long. Well, it feels like it's been a while, but it hasn't been all that long, I guess. But still, the the, the pain has been numbed slightly by the time, I think. All right, guys. Appreciate all of you joining me. Thank you guys for coming in here. Really do appreciate it. It's going to be a lot of fun this offseason looking at all the different possible moves the Lakers can make. Make sure you're subscribing right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, make sure you leave us that rating and review. Certainly enjoy reading those reviews. Truly does help us out. Again, thank you guys. We'll be back on Wednesday, same time, 9 o'clock Pacific time. And then don't forget, Friday, we do an early show, 2 o'clock Pacific time, a little afternoon Lakers. And we will get ready 
for the weekend that way. So see you guys Wednesday night. Remember, we're going to do regular videos all throughout the offseason as news breaks. I'll be right here breaking it down for you. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.